This is Central Control Room. Stand by. So here we are, folks. This is Transmissions from the Forbidden Planet. My name is Tim. My name is Derek. Yeah. Hey, if... I got to say something to you. Oh, say it. Happy second anniversary to you. Hey, it's been two years on this podcast, hasn't it? Two whole years. You caught me off guard with that one. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to sing Bill Murray style to us now. <laughs> Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to us both. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. And and same to you, pal. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. Yeah. It gets lonely up here on this forbidden planet, but we keep on smudging ahead. Smudging on along. <laughs> And this is uh, one of our Hollywood hullabaloos for it sure is. the month of uh, September of the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned. Mm. A- AD stands for, uh, was it, a- Anna Dominini, Dominini, which is like <laughs> Latin for year of our Lord. Anna Dominini. Oh. I always wondered. I'm like, why wasn't it AC after Christ? Right. <laughs> if BC is before Christ. What the hell is A.D.? What is the D? But that's what it is. It's in Latin. So oh, see, anyway. in, in Christianity, where I was taught, I was taught mm-hmm. it meant after death. Oh, really? No. It's yeah. Anna Domenini. I looked it up. Anyhow, here we go, talking about, this is not what we're here to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, we're, no. <laughs> we're here to talk about Buddhism. <laughs> and Scientology, because <laughs> that's the religion of Hollywood. Yes. Um, the last one, we talked about the strike. Yes. And that has affected things a bit already. We thought maybe down the, the road a peg. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no. Right. It's hard having um, uh, headlines to talk about when right. everything's on pause. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. So there's no, like, cool news, you know? But we found some. We drudged. We, well, yeah, we, we found a little bit. This might we, be a shorter one than normal, but... Um. We opened all the lids of the dumpsters out there and found some, some tidbits. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Yeah. And we'll continue on talking about the strike because <laughs> <laughs> Warner Brothers has announced that uh, Dune 2 is going to be delayed until next year. Yeah. Which is something you hypothesized to me a few months back, and it came true. Yeah. Old great Karnak or whatever. <laughs> or Criswall. And I, I, I wasn't even hypothesizing that because of the strike necessarily. I was hypothesizing that because Warner, before they had the massive success of the uh, Barbie movie, mm-hmm. they were having a rough year. And now it's Disney's having a really rough year. And so yeah. uh, I think Warner probably thought very smartly, hey, let's save off our big movies until next year when all of this, when we have other things going on. Right. In- instead of... They'll kind of take take the money they can from this year. Right. And kind of go with it and then push Dune 2 out, which they're hoping will be their big financial into the next right. fiscal year. They're right. like, let's, uh, let's not use up our reserves right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is smart. But yeah, they've delayed a few other ones, but Dune is the yeah. biggest one. Well, and and it's, it's the one where I go, God damn it! Because right. I really want to see it. You right. know, the trailer looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a huge, huge fan of the first one. Yeah, me right? too. And you yep. were too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one, one of the more... Of this series, not yeah, the not the David Lynch, Lynch, Lynch first one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for correcting me. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. The first Denis Villeneuve one uh, with uh, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> All these French names. Um, yeah, that movie uh, like moved me in yeah. a w- in a way. I felt like 
when I saw it a couple years ago. Granted, I didn't see it in the theaters because it was on, right. still in that that COVID release, right, where it right. came out on HBO earlier. Yep. Uh, just being moved by how incredibly beautiful it was and mm-hmm. just thinking, like, I haven't been mind-altered by a movie like this in right. I can't even remember when, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, it definitely had substance of acting and then beauty mm-hmm. of the visual yeah. sweep of the whole thing. Very yeah. great and ways that he uses uh, uses technology in his films yeah. and also right. real settings and stuff. I, yeah. I thought the same thing. And I also thought while I was watching that, boy, George Lucas ripped a lot of this stuff off, <laughs> didn't he? I know, I know. <laughs> All of Tatooine is basically a ripoff of uh, Dune. But. I was like, they're even saying Spice. What the heck? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But if you remember when I was talking about Lawrence of Arabia, right? I see a lot of Lawrence in Arabia in Dune, oh, and no. and the book Dune. I looked it up. The the Frank Herbert wrote the book a year after Lawrence of Arabia right. had come out in the theaters. So no, everything's an influence on everything. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. You can see the influence working in that author, and then it moves all the way up to yeah. Old Frogman sees it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That Neil Druckmann guy who did uh, The Last of Us, he's the creator of the game and creator of the show. Yeah. Um, he was making an announcement, you know, that season two is, is all ready to go. Right. And there's he got it all finished before the strike happened. Wink, so wink, that wink, 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 wink. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So that when when the strike does come to an end, they're going to hit the ground running and just start filming immediately. Right. Which that's that's cool to hear, that is, you know, because that that's that's a great fucking show. It is. The only thing that you know. that cautioned me in that same interview, I don't know if you saw that, but he was talking. They were asking him, "Do you have any ideas for spinoffs?" And he's oh, just like, no. "I have a few." And I'm like, "Oh God, please!" <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> Fear of the Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> Negan's in the Last of Us. Dead. <laughs> the really Last of Us. Well, we're gonna add some peppers to these mushrooms. Mm-mm. <laughs> That was a bad, like, pizza joke. <laughs> the mushrooms killed everybody. We'll jump on to something that was released. Yeah. That you sent to me, a trailer for Ferrari from Michael Mann. Yeah. I think we've talked about this a couple of HHs back. Yep. And uh, how just weirdly casted Adam Driver is as... <laughs> Enzo Ferrari. So the trailer finally hit this week, and I don't like it. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I watched it twice again before we started right. recording, just to make double sure. Right. There, the, the something to me. Most of the racing scenes look CG to me. Those, oh, okay. Those those don't look like cars to me. Right. And just just uh, for people who may not be common listeners, Tim is a very avid fan of yeah. cars and racing and yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, you could just tell there's something kind of cartoonish happening about, like, when uh, they're showing... It's weird, too, because they're showing... It looks like he's in the race car in 1957 at certain points in the desert and talking about the Melamiglia. I He was pretty retired by then, as far as I know. Oh. He, was, he retired uh, in the 30s as a driver himself. Right. He, he was a driver for Alfa Romeo. Enzo Ferrari was. Right. And then started his own company in the in the 40s the the ferrari motor car company or whatever but it was just a race team and um before that and then the only reason he built cars for the street was to fund the race team he never wanted to build cars for the street and he never had any respect for the cars for the street right so anyway but this movie i guess is taking place in 1957 which from what I know in the, in history, especially in the Formula One part, this looks like it's doing more than just Formula One. That's going to be uh, endurance racing and all that too. Just whatever's going on in his career in 1957. Right. But so many fucking drivers died in the 50s. It's sad. Right. I watched a documentary about Ferrari in the 1950s, and none of their drivers lived. None of they all died. Every right. one of them. Every nice. one of them. And it's it's. It's horrible. Plus, his son died too at the same time. His, his, and that movie's going to revolve around that too. Uh, right. Dino, Dino Ferrari, or. But I guess I'm getting off on a tangent here. Uh, 
what I was just going to say, there's something about Adam Driver is like six foot four, <laughs> and Enzo Ferrari was like five foot two. Right. You know what I mean? And a, a stocky guy. And so it's just weird casting. Yeah. I, it looked weird to me. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? And you sent it to me, and I agree. You know, I, again, I'm not anywhere near a car nut, or I don't know anything about the car. But something just felt off about the trailer and the way it, it felt like you know they do were doing a lot of cutting so it sounds like they're trying to add yeah. momentum to this fast-paced life of mm-hmm. this guy you know so they're 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 doing that whole shtick but uh it didn't it didn't really impress me and the thing that stuck out the most in that whole trailer to me was i was like is this guy still riding on from the director of last of the mohicans and heat <laughs> yeah, which is from the early 90s, yeah. you know. Last of the Mohicans, like 92, isn't it, or something? Yeah. I mean, his last yeah. big hit was Collateral, and I like that movie. And, yeah. Um, but, I mean. I like, actually just rewatched that last week. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, that was his last good movie because yeah. Public Enemies was boring. It was terrible. Snorfest. Miami Vice was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And then that one he did, Black hat or black cat i can't remember what the name of it but it was it was about like hackers and chris hemsworth was just i think hitting it big with thor and so he cast him and he's even come out because it was a huge bomb and he even came Mm. out recently and talked about yeah it was really misguided and i shouldn't have done it and blah 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 blah. so i don't know so he's yeah he's looking for a hit here and it sounds like they're riding off of the Ford versus Ferrari uh, yeah. kind of steam. you know. I like, think that's the only reason this movie got made. I bet you anything yeah. that's why this got greenlit. Because he's been right. trying to make it for years. And he even at one point, as I told you, had Hugh Jackman cast for a long time as Ferrari. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's just as weird. Yeah, again, I think I said it in when we talked about it the first right. time. It's Paul Giamatti. Right. Paul Giamatti is the perfect Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> They're even Italian. Giamatti is an Italian name. But short, stocky, weird looking. Right. Just put a wig on him because, you right. know, Enzo, ha- Enzo had some hair. Right. And some dark sunglasses. That's it. There you go. There he is. The guy in Ford versus Ferrari that plays him that doesn't talk much. He, right. That was way more accurate. Right. He still didn't look exactly like him, but right. you know. Anyway, yeah. And so I guess w- one of the things we're one of the reasons we're bringing this <laughs> up is because apparently it there's been some early screenings for the credit uh, for the critics. I mean, right. and it's done pretty well yep. apparently. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going on to say how masterful it's made, how emotional it is. It really resonates. Yeah, at the same with the caveat though that a lot of people are saying it's not Michael Mann's best, right? But it is well done and all this kind of yeah, right. It's weird. It's a weird yeah, weird thing. that they're saying that. But. Yeah. So it's kind of counteracting the vibes that you and I got off the trailer because to me the trailer looked cheap. Because right. just earlier this year, there was a, a Lamborghini movie. Right, um, <laughs> right, yeah. And I was reading, I saw the trailer for that. It starred Frank Grillo as a Ferruccio Lamborghini and uh, Gabriel Byrne as Enzo Ferrari, which is, I guess, a little better than Adam right. Driver, but still way the fuck off. Right. And um, uh, that trailer is the same thing, where it, it looks like it was made for 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Right. But... Uh, I read a little bit about that Lamborghini movie and that Alec Baldwin was a big part of it originally and oh. uh, w- when the whole rust thing happened with his the shooting and all that stuff, he had to drop out and then so did a lot of the financing and all that stuff. So right. that kind of explains where all the weird recasting and because and, uh, I think he was supposed to play Enzo Ferrari or something like He was supposed to play somebody. I don't remember. Wow. But... um. He was going to talk like this all the way through. He's talking like, hey, <laughs> forget about it. Well, that's, a, that's New York Italian. <laughs> anyway, um, to me, this Michael Mann trailer looks closer to the uh, the Ferruccio Fer- Lamborghini movie than it does Ford versus Ferrari as far as trailers go. Right, right. But, I mean, I'm sure, you know... I'm sure it'll be better than that trailer. I, I guess if all these critics are saying it's good, <laughs> I don't know. It just looks kind of cheap to me. Yeah, I mean, ever since uh, you know the first one out that I didn't really care for, Michael Mann's was that um, Miami Vice movie that he finally did. And so yeah. after that, and I heard he was doing Public Enemies with uh, Christian Bale and Johnny Depp. You know, I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, I could I could get aboard with this. 
And then that came out and wasn't great. And I'm like, uh-oh. Something, he's yeah. lost his shit, I think, maybe. And then once... Right. I, I think I sat through half of that Black Hat or Black Cat or whatever it's called. And I was like, yeah. this is boring as hell. Like, it was just <laughs> awful. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, well, I, I, I'm going in with a lot of trepidation on this. It's not definitely not something I'm going to go see at the theaters. Yo, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no. Right. On that same note, though, because um, this is the other thing I've seen. And this looks kind of interesting. There's this... Uh, yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos movies. Was his movies are weird as fuck, yep. right? Yep. And he's doing a movie with uh, Emma Stone, or he's done a movie with Emma Stone, where it's like a reverse play on, uh, like a gender swap on the whole Frankenstein's monster thing, I guess. Right. Right. And it's called Poor Things, and that just came out and uh, at the Venice Film Festival and yep. caught like everybody's already talking Oscar buzz for Emma yeah. Stone already. So that's pretty wild. They're tossing around words like masterpiece for it, which is always yeah. like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. They, and people are saying, it's weird the things they're saying because they're saying it's a real beautiful movie. It's a real quirky movie. It's it's yeah. a, a, a weird tones. And they're also mm-hmm. saying it's very vulgar. So I, I, it's weird to know what even to make of it. But it definitely has yeah. my curiosity peak for sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. And I saw a bunch of the like stills of them, and it does look, you know, interesting. Yeah. yeah. The I think the only movie I've seen of his is uh, the Favorite. Yeah, that was a great one. I ha- I haven't seen any of the other one. I, yeah, it was cool. I like the Favorite, and I because I love the woman who played the Queen. I can't think of her yeah, name. Yeah, Olivia. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she's yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I like Emma Stone too. I think she's great. Yeah. We'll see. I think Mark Ruffalo's in it too. Is what I was saying. Oh, uh, really? I didn't say. see that part. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mark I'll Ruffalo see that guy. Is. I've been a fan of his ever since The Wraith, so I'm with it. <laughs> Jamie! <laughs> That's a long-running joke between Derek and I. When I was younger, I could have sworn, if anybody knows the movie The Wraith, I could have sworn the guy who played Charlie Sheen's younger brother, the burger flipper, was Mark Ruffalo as a young actor. I don't know why. Years later, we got to watch it, and it was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not even close. He doesn't doesn't look anything like him. Why did I think that was Mark Ruffalo at 18? Oh, well. It's it's a funny joke uh, 20 years later. It is. It will be a funny joke next year and a year after when I tell it. Right. I was reading around, and uh, you know, it's hard to not be a fan of this guy's whole filmography. (laughs) (laughs) With the name Mick G, but um, Charlie, you know, Charlie's Angels, Charlie Angel Two. The list goes on. Yeah, the list goes on. (laughs) Terminator Salvation. (laughs) Like, um, so it sounds like he's very open to doing a Charlie's Angels Three. (laughs) <laughs> and that struck me as one of the most hilarious headlines ever because why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? Has he done a movie since he, Terminator Salvation? He indeed has, but none of them have done anything. I looked it oh, up too wow. just to make sure I wasn't talking out my ass. He's doing TV now. He's directing oh, TV. Oh, okay. Um, so it's just funny to me that he's, like, he does an interview for some reason. Probably he paid someone to interview himself. And then yeah. put it out there, and then he's basically <laughs> saying that. And I started thinking, I'm just like, well, like Cameron Diaz, a, I think she retired, yeah, and then came back to do some Jamie Fox. She did a movie with Jamie Fox, came out of retirement, and apparently it went to hell, and she had yeah. the worst time she's ever had, and I, she's probably gonna retire for good now. But then Drew Barrymore is like a daytime talk show host now. Yeah. And then I don't even know Lu- if Lucy Lou is still in the business. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So well, th- I was thinking the same thing. They would have to recast, yeah. you know, and kind of reboot the whole thing. The only one I think that's doing anything that people are watching is the Drew Barrymore thing. Apparently, that shows a hit, but yeah. And I mean, you remember there was all that controversy too with Bill Murray being a dick yeah. to Lucy Liu and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. why they recast him in with Bernie Mac in the second one, and then oh, that's right. They can't get Bernie Mac anymore. So uh. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I'm sure Bill Murray will not reprise yeah. his role. Oh no. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, I would imagine it would have to be like a reimagining, but it's like, who right. cares? Nobody cares. Well, they and just then that rebooted shit... it like 
three or four years ago. That's right. Yeah. They did, yeah. With Kristen Stewart and some yeah. other one. So we'll just have to put that on the watchers and just keep our eyes peeled for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Mick G. Hot on the silver screen again. I remember when that first Charlie's Angels came out and then finding out the guy's name is Mick G. Yeah. And I'm like, what kind of fucking... <laughs> Self-absorbed asshole do you have to be to call yourself McGee? He's like, I'm tired of women getting all the love like Cher and Madonna. I want to do it, and I'm going to be known as McGee. Right. Right. So That's gross. Charlie's Angels 2 is the, still the only movie I've ever walked out of in my whole life. Oh, really? I was on a date, and I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. <laughs> Did you leave her behind? I got up and I was like, I'm going to go do something else. If you want to stay and watch it, that's cool. I'll hang in the area, but I'm not going to watch this. This is awful. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, no, I agree. Let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I really want to know. In sad news, we'll talk about uh, the passing of Paul Rubens, which happened probably like almost right after we recorded the last uh, episode, uh, last Hollywood Hullabaloo. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. That, I still quote these to this day. I still quote lines from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Me too. Me too. Yeah, that was one of those movies that I I saw as a youth. And it just captured my imagination in so many ways. And I think that the reason, like, because I watched it again, like, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny to me how, as a kid, I loved all the wacky, crazy, bonkers stuff in it. Yeah. And then you get older and you see all of this minute little side jokes yeah. going on in the back that he's throwing right. in for the adults. And then the kids, right. can, you know what I mean? Right. It's really subtle little funny things that's going into that movie. And I, well, was that how you became aware of him was through the movie peewee's big adventure yes yeah yeah okay see i knew of him i'm older than you obviously like eight years or seven years older than you so right i became aware of him through the peewee herman show which right. is not peewee's playhouse it's right. totally different it's uh, peewee herman's show was like a live version right. of his groundling set where he invented the character and right. um where he was like that's where he became friends with uh, Cassandra Elvira, what's her name? Right, Peterson, yep. Peterson. And, of course, Phil Hartman was a part of the Groundlings, too, and that's why he plays Captain Carl. And right. He was part, they were all part of the writers. All of those people in that original thing were all Groundlings people. Right. And they're all in, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, right. And Phil Hartman even helped them write. Write it, yeah. 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 And uh, so, um, yeah, I remember that was like... That came out in like 81, I think, yeah. or 82. Oh, yeah, and right. I remember in the school bus, everybody talking about it all the time, how right. funny it was. And, you know, it was probably one of the more adult things that I was allowed to watch at right. nine years old, I was. I yeah, think, it's or, heavy and innuendo. It's not dirty, dirty, but it's no, innuendo-y no. as hell. Right. Yeah. yeah, but there's perversion stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah, a little yeah. little kids being perverted with the... Right. Looking mirrors. up their dress with the shoe mirrors and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. They look right. They put mirrors on their shoe. They look up. And then she says, I'm not wearing any yeah. underpants. And they go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that and he would do like, uh, he would do stand-up sets. Yeah. Uh, as Pee Wee Herman. And they were so fucking funny because yeah. it was like this, You he would just be this like uh, trying to do his little prop jokes and and people would be laughing at me he'd get annoyed with the audience like right. come on like let me finish you know <laughs> and it, it's really fucking funny right. and uh you know well i didn't know until in retrospect or figuring out who he was through peewee's big adventure and seeing old footage as years went on and seeing how he he was a part of that whole thing when like andy kaufman was still doing david letterman and chris elliott was doing it right. he was one of those regulars that david letterman would bring on a right. lot and he would do his shtick yeah. and he did some funny shit on that david letterman show yeah so yeah there was big top peewee which wasn't very good and all that but um right well he had peewee's playhouse right. which was, it was huge. huge you got like 14 emmys for that the show yeah like, right crazy. that was good it's i mean they, it's still fun to watch you know yeah as an adult all these years later i was already too old for right, it at right that point, right because i think that was in my high school years yeah how it had to be yeah but peewee always had a special place in my heart yeah. for sure me too, yeah. i remember when you me you and your wife went to disneyland and back in 2016 <laughs> right. we st- we stopped off in the the whatever it is the calabasas dinosaurs that are in that movie yeah 
Yep. Because there's something about because that movie was eighty three or eighty four, eighty five. Yep. Okay, so and that's when I moved. That was right when I moved. So um, from New York to Tucson, but um, I remember um, also Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world, right. which was around maybe a year before or a year after. But that video played for forever, and they are also. Those dinosaurs are in that too, because oh, he's yeah, driving right. that Aust- he's driving that Austin Healy on I ten right there, yeah. with the dinosaurs in the background, and and so it, every time we would go check those out, I always think of that, the Pee Wee's Big Adventure right. and uh, Tears for Fears, <laughs> and and it's cool they dressed the T Rex up yeah. in Pee Wee's outfit as uh, 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 after he passed away. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, that scene there is some of my one of my favorite lines that I always I know you're right but but what everyone I know has a big butt come on Simone let's talk about your big butt (laughs) (laughs) I remember too when I watched it with my parents for the first time and like uh, on V you know we had moved to Tucson by that point so it was on our VCR and he's right before that, or right around that point, is when he's talking. Do you have any dreams, Pee Wee? And he says, "Yeah, the I'm rolling a donut and the snake with a vest." You know, and she goes, "Not those kind of dreams." And I had to look at my mom, and they're laughing. My right. parents are laughing, and I'm going, "I don't get it." Right. And she goes, "Oh, it's a sex innuendo." Right, thing. Right. And I'm like, "Oh, a snake with a vest right. on and a donut. I get it." <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a little naive, but anyway. Yeah. No, yeah, they, I was sad to hear it. I mean, right. in my mind, especially when I don't see him a lot, they just, their age kind of freezes in my mind. So when I read that he was 72, I believe. You know, or I, 70. I think it was just was 70. Was he just 70? I was just like, Jesus, yeah. man. Like, what yeah. has happened? And it was one of those things kind of like Norm MacDonald, right. too, where he was hiding. Right. He didn't tell anybody about his diagnosis. Right. and. He knew he was sick. Right, and, yeah. There's been a few that's a, hit me, like Norm hit me like that. Yeah, David Bowie's right. because no one knew yeah. about David Bowie. And I remember just thinking like, Jesus. Yeah. And Alan Rickman was kind of like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I always did love me some Pee Wee. Even when he got into his whole scandalous thing and that whole thing happened. Yeah. I loved how he handled it, you know? Yeah, and He comes sure. back on MTV. Heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that's like... And he showed up in uh, the movie, not the TV show, but he, he had a role as one of the vampires in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> it was funny. It was a funny role, yeah. yeah. He's like pretending to be hurt. And then he shows up in Blow with Johnny he's Depp. He's great. As the, uh, hair, yeah, he's so good in that. Yeah. That's the hairdresser. And then he cracks me up in the episode he was in in uh, 30 Rock. He's like, he's Oh so my great. God, that is so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah, right. And even that Netflix thing he did, yeah. uh, the the Pee Wee thing with yeah. the the guy from uh, what's he from? He's yeah. from True Blood, and he's Man. from uh, yeah, Magic I Mike. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can't, I, that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had this. It had the spirit of the original. It wasn't as good as the original, but it had the spirit no. of the original. It right. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It ca- it had me entertained all the way through. So yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, was, that was a loss. That uh, and plus, you know, once once he did pass, all the stories start coming out and right. all that stuff. And it's kind of like he kind of had this Robin Williams kind of thing where apparently he was an incredibly generous person right. and would yeah. donate money. And and you know, it's just kind of cool. He's yeah. a cool guy, and and people really liked him. Yeah. I know he had some issues with Phil. But yeah, because like Phil Hartman was on it for I think two seasons, and then right. all of a sudden he disappears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh and then that's when Lawrence Fishburne comes in as Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well that was some of the people who were talking about it. Oh, John right. both John Singleton and right. uh cuz he was a security guard. John Singleton yeah, was, he was a security, security guard, guard on the, the set of Pee-wee's Playhouse yeah. and 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 yeah, they were talking about how I saw a clip of of Lawrence Fishburne talking about all the way back then how he was it was the most inclusive yeah. diverse group of people he'd ever worked with and Pee Wee made that happen he wanted women to be right in charge of things that women wouldn't normally be in charge of and you hear all that shit and you're like oh man that's right. cool that guy was ahead of the curve man. way ahead of the curve yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah all right rest in peace Pee-wee. Paul Rubens Mr. Yeah. Paul Rubens yeah and then another loss re- very recently yeah was uh old uh Jimmy Buffett 
<laughs> yeah, I could care less. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, it's not something that I'm like, oh man, you know, like that. I yeah. didn't. I never really thought of about him unless I heard the song or saw the his little bars or whatever. But uh, when it happened and I read it, I was like, oh yeah, he did do that. And I, I totally forgot. I know about him because mm-hmm. he did songs for. Uh, Fast Times. I remember mm-hmm. he- hearing some of his songs in Fast Times. And then he did this one song called Turn It Around, I guess is what it was, for an old John Candy movie from 85 called mm. uh, Summer Rental. And I remember being a kid and watching that over and over and over again oh, wow. on cable. And that song was playing during like a montage of them putting the boat together. And I remember as a kid oh. being like, yay, this song's fun. <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah it was one of those things that I, was, I just didn't know anything about the dude until i just read all about him when he died and i was like jesus this guy was a billionaire for making yeah. a just weird song that somehow launched into yeah the margaritaville Margarita maker uh, and yeah 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 the, i mean the only thing i think of is the south park episode where <laughs> cartman is talking about having aids and right he's trying to get who i can't remember elton who john. he wanted he wanted elton john yeah. and and it could only get jimmy buffett or whatever <laughs> yeah it's wasted away again because of aids and stuff how are we all feeling tonight you jimmy buffett you fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> so funny anyway r.i.p those guys yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, yeah, okay. Bye. Especially Paul Rubens. I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, Paul Rubens, for sure. Yeah. Rest in whatever, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Finally going to get that cheeseburger in paradise. In paradise. Yeah. Hopefully they don't have AIDS. <laughs> Wasting away. I guess we're uh, this will be the part where we get to the what are we watching kind of thing. Where are you at? I mean, I, I watched the uh, Johnny Depp thing on uh, Netflix for about the trial. Right, with right. His, with Amber Heard. It was called Depp vs. Heard or something like that. Right, yeah. I, I, I've, I've heard of it. haven't seen it yet. I uh, didn't really know much about what was going on. I knew, you know, through just through oh, your TikTok feed. There's no way you, you hear not know. Right, not yeah. know what, you know, and how, you know, what's her name was being painted as this crazy woman. <laughs> right. And you watch the documentary and yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a crazy woman. Yeah, they're but, both fucking nuts. They're but both I, uh, yeah, when you see it, you're like, Jim, <laughs> J- uh, Johnny Depp is just as fucked up as she yeah. is. And uh, so there's no guilt. There's no uh, innocent people in yeah, this no, fucking no. thing. What a what a messed up situation. That. No, it was, it was a popularity contest. It just felt like high school bullshit. Mm-hmm. In front of every the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big yeah. popularity contest, and I, yeah, I was so happy when it was over that I didn't have to watch any more clips about it or hear people on TikTok going, "I think this <laughs> and I think that." Yeah. I was so happy. Some of the stuff about it that was really infuriating was um, just watching the people, uh, the, all the social Influencer. media people that were getting fame. Yeah, the influencers yeah. that were getting. They were getting famous yep. off of this thing and making so much money. And then just all they were doing is just trash talking for the sake of trash talking. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It felt phony and fake to me. And it's like, well, this is what's getting me all this these hits. So yeah. I'm just going to say this stuff. Yeah. And just like really blatantly like jumping all over her and making him into a saint. And it's yeah. like, that's not what's happening, obviously. If you were watching this thing unfold, he's just as guilty as she is. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's one thing. What do you what do you got? Well, I got um, <laughs> I was watching uh, one that you said that you were thinking about watching. I don't know if you ever got around to watching it, but when you mentioned oh. it, I was like, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. So I ended up watching an old movie called Time Bandits. Oh, yeah, that's weird. That's twice now. Yeah, I literally watched it two nights ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned it, and you were like, "I might give that a watch." And the minute you said that to me, I think I, that night I put it on. Yeah, just, yeah. And that movie is just so creative and yeah, bizarre. 
bizarre. It it's has, Terry Gilliam, yeah. who is the the um, the one American Monty Python guy. Right, right. And the one who was responsible for all the crazy cartoons that right. they had on their shows and their yeah. movies and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what a cool movie. Yeah, I just love like the like I can't think of any other word but how creative it is. Like this, yeah. the bonkers thing that they have. You know, they're. They're in with giants, and then they're the, yeah. with Robin Hood, and then Napoleon. The Land and of then, Legends. Yeah, the, the whole Robin Hood scene with John Cleese playing Robin Hood. Right. One of the funniest fucking things yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just this kind of naive, bumbling, like, proper Englishman. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 all of his surrounding guys are just, like, mumbling idiots. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I just, you know, then he ends up and... You know, here's Sean Connery and, and, and yeah, yeah, you and know, Ian just, Ian Holm as Napoleon, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just there. You see all of these people that, through yours and my childhood, have been peppered through our life in these yeah. little roles, and you're seeing them all pop up in this movie. And you're just like, Jesus, this movie is just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and it has that weird kind of darkness to it. Too. Yeah, you know David what I mean? Warner that, as the yeah, evil the, one, I think yeah, they call him. Yeah, right, it's just, yeah. he's so great. Yeah, and he kind of has almost like a, a Giger kind of, H, yeah. H.R. Giger kind of uh, biomechanic. It's like the, yeah. the, the way he, his suit looks like it was influenced by Alien. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I just, like the whole, I remember being a kid and watching that movie and seeing yeah. that part at the end where they all got him wrapped up in the ropes and then yeah. the thing comes the out, of his, out of his head and he yeah. spins him around and then cuts the, cuts the I remember knife. being terrified about that, like, oh my God. That and the, even the cloaked cow's heads with the hook arms, oh, they were spooky, man. Yeah. Right. When his, his minions are like, when they, they're happy to get killed and then they, yeah. the pieces of them go flying everywhere. It was all very yeah. disturbing shit. Yeah. But. Uh, I remember being kind of like fascinated by the macabre of it. Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was you know just the whole suspension in the cages and the yeah. nothingness. You know, right. I loved that. Just loved yeah. it. So yeah, well, uh, it was a cool movie. Yeah, it's it's so great and 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 it's it's I guess it's also for me it's always cool to love remember loving a movie and then mm-hmm. rewatching it and still loving it. Still and loving like, it, right? Oh, it man, does. This it ages not well for up. you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that one really holds up. Yeah. Well, uh, since we mentioned it earlier, we'll bring it up again since it's, it's a double take, but I watched Collateral a couple weeks yeah. ago. And I'm not a huge Tom Cruise guy, but that's... And, and, right. and this reaffirmed it for me because I had kind of forgotten. And, and I remember, I think, did we see it together in the theater yeah. back in the day? Yep. We did, mm-hmm. yeah. And we yeah. liked it back then. Yeah. You know, and we were saying it's one of Michael Mann's last good movies. Right. And I remember being really impressed with Tom Cruise then and wondering if it would hold up. And right. it's one of the few movies where I don't see Tom Cruise in. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. Because he's very Tom Cruise-y in almost every Everything. single even in Even as Vampire Lestat. Yeah. There's still no. a cr- Tom totally. Cruise-iness about him. Yeah. Um, I think that only uh, there's only two movies I've ever seen where I don't see a lot of Tom Cruise in it. And mm-hmm. that, that's one. Collateral's one. And then the other one is Magnolia. I think yeah. he does like just he's not any Tom Cruisey type. He's a, maybe the intensity, but mm-hmm. that's probably about it in that one. Yeah, world. that's right. Yeah, I always right. forget about Magnolia. Yeah. The last time HH came out, we, we were talking about it going to see it in a week or so. Right. And we've each seen it since. Right. I fucking loved Oppenheimer. I thought. Oh, yeah. I was like 10 minutes into it, and it's like almost exactly like what happened to me with The Batman when I saw right. it on... I'm like, oh, I think I love this movie. I don't yeah. even... I, it's already done everything right, and it's barely even got going. I got, a, yep. I got two hours and 45 minutes left. Yep. It is stunningly beautiful. Yep. Amazingly crafted, amazingly acted, and yep. just... It's what movies are supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, no. I told uh, the thing that you said where you you're ten minutes in and you're like, I, I think I love this movie. I think the reason when you have that feeling so early in is because everything's working together. The score is working yeah. really good with the acting and the mm-hmm. ambiance and the cinematography yeah. and everything is just, just. There's just a feeling. Yeah. There's just like a. There's like an intention that's coming across. You know, like yep. the intention's there almost immediately, and that's it. For me, that was exactly. 
going back to what I said about the Batman was like with that setup in the beginning of the Batman of him looking through his POV of the town and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this thing has set the tone perfectly right away. Yep. I know exactly what Matt Reeves is trying to do here, and I get right. it, and I like it. And I felt exactly the same frame, same thing with Nolan here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Nolan fan. You know, right. you are yeah. too. We both yep. love all, all of his work except for Tenet. I hated Tenet. But, right. um, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people were throwing around the word masterpiece ahead of time. Right. And I, I have to agree. I think this is his best effort. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do too. I, uh, hands down. I think it's his best work ever, and it's it's again too. He doesn't play around. I don't think since Insomnia he's played around in the R-rated territory, and for right. him to go R-rated, I w- I remember hearing that it was R-rated and thinking, I wonder why he's going R-rated on this. Yeah, you know? it was the sex stuff with Florence yeah, Pugh. But it has this effect. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of much to do from what I've been reading about the yeah. whole scene. There's a particular scene in the movie where. He's being questioned about his relationship with uh, a woman that is played by uh, Florence Pugh. Yeah, uh, she Pugh. plays in the uh, the character in the movie, and they show a, a sex scene in an, a weird part of the movie because it's showing his vulnerability to being questioned about that relationship in that right. moment. But people are questioning, like, well, did you really what? have to show him naked and blah blah? Yeah, you know and that's I mean? that's part of the woke thing too. But at the same right. time, that the, it, it was so. It's that raw. shit's been absent for movies for so yeah. long that it all of it felt like I was, uh, like he was making an old-fashioned movie for today. Yeah, no, you know totally. what I mean. Like you know, it was a long, drawn-out, slow-paced way of telling the story, which was something right. they used to do back in the seventies. It had right. raw, hardcore nudity and sex, like something they had back in the seventies. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just kind of brought back. Not only did it bring people back to the theaters in a way that nobody expected, right? But it, it also brought back a vibe of old time adult filmmaking yeah. that hasn't been around for a while, right? Yeah, I just appreciate it because one, you know, one Nolan seems to have a kinship with certain actors. He works well with them, and it yeah. seems like he's been trying his best to like. Don't worry, worry, Killian. I'm gonna find yeah. something. I'm gonna make you center stage. You yeah. got such talent, and you, yeah. and you see that in a lot of his work. But then you give him the center stage in this movie, and you're like, this guy is just Amazing. breathtaking. And yeah, the, his yeah, looks he was incredible. He was, and the other thing I appreciate the movie for is making me appreciate Robert Downey Jr. for not being Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, giving it's him been a, a part. while. Yeah, it's been a while since RDJ hasn't played himself. You know right. what I mean? And, and uh, he's, he, he's, you know, certain movies like Good Night, Good Luck, he'll pop right. up and then you, you, he, you lose him a little bit. He's still yeah. a little bit there, but. Yeah. And for me, even, you know, for me, Matt Damon is always Matt Damon. And yeah. I feel like this is one where I lost a little bit of the Matt Damon. He was still right. there. He's still there. Yeah. And he's great. You know, but he's so good in it, yeah, and yeah. and it even made you halfway appreciate jo- Josh Hartnett because you, yeah, you've always no, had I, I am a, a massive <laughs> disdain for him. I have a, a hardcore no Josh Hartnett movie rule, <laughs> yeah. and I broke it for this movie, and I'm glad I did. He did yeah, a, a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah. And the other thing that too that I loved what Nolan did because if you're watching this movie from especially from a perspective of some PC things today and you're seeing what Emily Blunt who's a mm-hmm. fan a phenomenal actress when you're mm-hmm. seeing what she's given at the beginning in the part you're just like is this all they're giving her to do is just kind of just be there and be this yeah. character and then that scene they give her in the interrogation in the movie I'm yeah. like oh this is why she took this part yeah. this right here yeah, she's the she's the soul of this whole relationship here. Right. And he, it's just this is a movie like a long time ago. I remember hearing Michael Keaton in an interview talking about how move what movies compared today mm-hmm. compared to back seventies and stuff that, and he said he's like I think what's been lost in the gloss of Hollywood in movies today. He's like, it's, there's no purpose to them. And he mm-hmm. said it. And he's like, when you see a movie that has purpose, it stands out to you. And and that's that all, that was going through my mind watching Oppenheimer. Like, yeah, this movie has purpose. It knows what it wants to tell. It knows what it wants to be. It's not afraid to be dark and tell mm-hmm. these things about the human condition and, and right. everything and, and where you know the good and bad on its on its sleeve and it's not preaching to you in any of the movie right. it's unfolding what happened right 
if you're coming away with any particular message from the film, you're bringing that with you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, great movie. Great fucking movie. And, and especially with something that you and I are very fond of, like Oppenheimer, this, this piece of art that we're seeing is masterpiece kind of thing. It, it brings, I think you and I have talked about it, it, brings us hope. Like, oh, wow, people are going to see this. made $700 million. Yeah, people right. get it. They want right. They're thirsting for this. Mm-hmm. But but the executives don't know any better. The executives don't see that. And here's the problem. If the executives say, they'll go see the next Fast and Furious. Don't worry. And that movie <laughs> comes out and does a billion dollars. We're back where we started. Yeah, or, you know, it's like the Ford versus Ferrari effect that we were talking about earlier. You have that yeah. one really good, successful movie. It was done really well. And then you have this crappy Frank Grillo Lamborghini movie. Right. And then this kind of half-assed looking Michael. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll be good. Um, right. At this point, it looks half-assed right. Adam Driver Ferrari movie. You know, same. it's the same idea of what you're saying. Trying to, yeah. let's latch on to the idea that the, without any heart behind it. You know right. what I mean? Just, right. yeah. And that's yep. unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So, guess we'll Oppenheimer see. two. Oppenheimer two. Oppen harder. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. This time he's gonna blow up everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, it does. It does give me a warm, fuzzy feeling knowing, oh, you yeah. know, like oh. Please let this be the rebirth of good movies again. <laughs> right. You know, right. but you know, you know, you can't count on anything. No. You know. I mean, there's stuff I've been rewatching. Like I rewatched because I had almost totally forgotten about it. And you and I talked about it via text when I did watch it. Was Gone Girl from David Fincher? Oh yeah, love that movie. Uh, wow, I had forgotten how fucked up that movie is. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was fucked up, but then yeah. the whole... It starts off kind of trying to be like a Lacey Peterson story, yeah. and then it evolves into this whole yep. like uh, Black Widow thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, that's, this is awesome. But yeah. I, I completely forgot how dark the ending was, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But, you know, Fincher's hand, you know... Oh, man. It's just gold. It's He's just gold. so masterful and weaving that whole thing. And I think the perform the performances he gets out of everyone, yeah. like even Tyler Perry in that movie, yeah. is phenomenal. He's so good in it, yeah, yeah. As, the, as the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely one of Ben's better performances, too. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, he's ben great. Ben Affleck. Um, but... Since we're on the Fincher tip, you sent me the trailer for his new uh, Michael Fassbender, the killer movie, and killer, oh yeah. fuck, that looks good! <laughs> I am so excited for that. Yeah, I'm 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 happy to see David kind of going back into the murder yep. part of stuff, you know. Yep, which is cool. Yeah, he, he finally got to do his his Mank movie, which he's been trying to get yeah. made because his dad which I love. For I love years that movie. Years. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. And now I think he's like, okay, now I'm going to go have some fun again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's good, too, as we were talking about after we watched the trailer, it's good to see Michael Fassbender not yeah. being involved with X-Men and <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed. Because and, and, he's a very... <laughs> Very talented actor, oh, yeah. and he's, he's just kind of been doing these IP movies for the last six, seven years. He did the Alien movies, too. Yeah. I, you know, every now and again, these actors will come around, and some of them really great actors, some of them not. We talked about Josh Hartnett. There, yeah. There's, Josh Hartnett got caught up in this thing yeah. when he was roller. younger, yeah. and they were, they were just selling him to the fucking hilt. Yeah. And put him in the movies with Harrison Ford with Hollywood Homicide and yeah. and the, you know just all of these movies they were cramming them down your throat and those movies didn't do anything and yeah. he ends up crashing and burning and having to do TV and stuff and you know who knows maybe that was like you know part of what made His him growth mm-hmm. right yeah and then well, it, and then Fassbender it, I felt kind of got steamrolled into that the minute yeah, he agreed yeah. to be in the X Men thing it was like clinches are in and yeah. then all these companies are like we want you for this and this and, and there's this and a this. ton of money in it and yeah yeah it seemed like him and uh mcavoy got along really well that's another yeah. one james mcavoy is an amazing actor yeah, we, he's we've fantastic. kind of been missing out on him being able yeah. to do some you know stuff like uh the the what was, what was that last king of scotland or 
Yeah, the last King of Scotland, he was stuff fantastic like that. Where in. He's yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. When he's yeah, really he's... pushing the envelope. But um, oh, Josh Hartnick did do a really good dark episode of uh, Black Mirror this last season. You know, we were talking about that on the last. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, Hollywood I remember hearing envelope. about that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, he does it with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, and it's fucked up, man. It's it's a really <laughs> good episode, and he's great in it. He's really good in it. Right, right. I will totally part. I will abandon my rule now. Yeah, because because you know what, Aaron Paul's fucking top notch in it as well. Right, right. He's right. so good. He's that kid is such a good actor. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and I mean, just what? I'm gonna call him a kid. With, He's like 45, I think. Right, right. It's just hard not to see Jesse Pinkman. That's what. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just seeing what little they that Josh Hartnett had to do in Oppenheimer, all of his scenes, he mm-hmm. was he was right there with everyone in the room. You know. Yeah, it's, it's and like, it was yeah. a, an yeah. ensemble of just oh. murderous row of actors in that yeah. movie. Yeah, fantastic. I, I, I forget his name all the time, but there's that that kind of heavy set Jewish guy who uh, who's a he's a comedic actor and he used to be like an improv guy. Um, David Crumholtz. Yeah, no, that guy. I've loved him in a ton of movies. Yeah, he's so yeah. good, and to yeah, see him he's... get that big of a juicy part, I'm like, holy shit, right. he nailed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's it was good to see yeah. him get something oh, this man, fucking amazing. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I mean, he's been around forever. He's one of those character actors. That's, yeah, you know, he's in Harold and Kumar and yeah, and yeah, Santa Claus movies with Tim <laughs> Allen. I think he's just been in everything. Yeah. Um, I think we'll let it go for this month, and then next month we'll have even less to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> As the strike continues. We'll just be reading old reviews from uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> and being like, I don't agree with this at all. Ah, they're, what a joke. <laughs> the great Muppet caper was an absolute... <laughs> what color are their hands now? <laughs> I got the paper towels. <laughs> Anywho. All right. I'm going to go ahead and hit the button for this Hollywood hullabaloo ending. Hollywood hullabaloo. (laughs) Didn't get to do that at the beginning. Get it out of the system. I know. I had to get it in at some point. It's been in my head for a month. Okay. Hitting the button now. We are ending our transmission.